You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Let us now open the Word of God as we find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and we'll read a verses 14 through to 22. This is after Paul and first part of chapter 10 has given us a number of warnings taken from the history of Israel, how whenever they fell into idolatry and lived the way the people around them lived, that then the Lord punished them severely. And he reminds us that all these things were written as examples for us. Then we read in verse 14, the word of the Lord as follows, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean then that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord's and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? In the text on the last two verses, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have parts in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, participating in the bread and wine at the Lord's Supper is like renewing your vows which you made at the time of your profession of faith. Yes, it is a renewal. It's a confirmation of the covenant between the Lord and you. The Lord confirms his promises to you and all believers, young and old, taking the tokens or observing the celebration with a believing heart that whoever believes in him shares in the benefits of his sacrifice on the cross. He or she has complete forgiveness of all their sins. Yes, eternal life. But it is also a renewed commitment from our side that we do seek our salvation and well-being in the Lord alone. And that we have dedicated our whole life to him. 
As we heard Paul say, it is either one or the other. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Now what is the Lord teaching us here? In chapter 8, Paul dealt with the matter of eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. There was a difference of opinion about this among the so-called stronger and weaker members. Some felt that as Christians you should not buy meat at the market, which was claimed to be sacrificed or consecrated to the idols. While others, the so-called stronger, said, it doesn't make any difference. Idols don't exist, and to me, meat is meat. Some would even go a step further and participate in the Greek feasts and the banquets, which were of a religious nature, and where the food was also consecrated and sacrificed to the heathen gods. See, then you are getting very close to participation in the idolatry that takes place in those temples for which Paul had seriously warned. You can think of the first verses of Psalm 1 that we will be singing shortly, which speaks about sitting in the council of the wicked or in the seat of mockers. And then in chapter 10, Paul underlines his warnings by reminding them of the examples from Israel's history, how they continually slipped into adopting the ways of the heathen world around them, pagan feasts, sexual immorality, grumbling, being discontent, and how severely the Lord punished them for it by killing thousands of them. All examples to warn us, he said. And so in verse 14, coming to his application for the Corinthians and for us, summarized it saying, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. You might feel strong and you might think that you can do all that without falling, but then you are walking on the, on the edge and your heart is already going out to the other side. There's a longing to do what they do. But there's much more involved when you dabble in and enjoy some of the things of the world around you. Things that are like idols in the world. Even if you may think that they have not yet become idols to you. For then the Lord, through Paul, calls us, or calls you to think it through. He says, Judge for yourselves. Think about it. View at such a lifestyle uh, 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 as compared to what the Lord tells you at the Holy Supper and what you profess there. For when we drink of the wine, we're not partic- are we not participating in the blood of Christ, he says. 
And is the bread not a participation in the body of Christ? You are sharing in his death. Sharing in that ultimate sacrifice on the altar of the cross. Your sins and your old nature have been crucified with him. You're one with him. You have communion with him. Just like the people of Israel when they participated in the sacrifice by eating some of the meat as it was being sacrificed which symbolized Christ's sacrifice, bringing about complete reconciliation. The people's participation showed the strong bond, the communion and fellowship they had with God. And so it was also at the Feast of the Idols. Now, not that Paul believed in those idols, Idols are nothing, he tells them. But in reality, those sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons. She says, not to God. And I do not want you to participate with demons. Notice how Paul has switched from idols to demons, evil spirits, servants of the devil. Of course, the Greek pagans sacrificing to idols did not say and did not think that they sacrificed to demons. They didn't want to do that any more than people in the world say and agree that they worship the devil and evil spirits. There are some, but generally they, people won't say that they worship devil and evil spirits through their sinful, immoral, and ungodly lifestyle. But the point is not what you intend to do or what you think you are doing, but the reality is that you are not serving, not worshiping the Lord's. You are serving the devil and his servants, the demons. The secular world, in fact, sacrifices to demons. As a matter of fact, all sin is an offering, is paying homage to the devil. Whether people realize this or not, and the devil laughs, he delights in it. All sin and all unfaithfulness is a participation in, is a communion and sharing in the world of darkness. And that is why Paul tells you as dear friends to flee from idolatry in whatever shape or form it comes today. Idols may not be real, but the devil is, and so are demons powers and rulers of darkness. And Paul didn't want the Corinthians to have any part in the worship of idols in the pagan temples. Flee idolatry. And that applies to us the same way. Flee. That means run away from it. Don't dabble in it. Don't 
experiment and see how far you can go. Don't walk on the edge or become participants in whatever form or place these worldly idols come today. Don't be enslaved and don't be mastered by anything except your service and your commitment to the Lord. The idols many in the world are enslaved by are in fact demons. They are in fact powers of darkness. You cannot, Paul says, with a clear conscience, drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons as well. You cannot have parts in both the Lord's table, and the table of the demons. It is either or. It is one of the two. Now when you today participate in the supper of the Lord, you thereby confess that you give thanks and participate in the death and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, your Savior. You have communion with Him. You live for Him. Christ is in you just as the physical bread and wine become part of you. That is God's holy promise at this sacrament. By His grace you are committed to Him and renew this commitment by participating or observing this with a believing heart. But this commitment is total. The Lord is telling you through Paul. You cannot serve the devil and his demons and the Lord as well. You cannot take part in the so-called feast of the world in whatever form it comes and wherever you find it and the real feast of the Lord at his supper. You cannot live a double life Live in a worldly style with worldly friends. Do your worldly entertainment. And then come here and take part in the table of the Lord. Having fellowship with the Lord and your fellow brothers and sisters here in church. Our text is telling us that you cannot have one foot in the church of Jesus Christ and one foot out there in the world. Now Paul says, are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Yes, it would arouse the Lord's jealousy, his holy jealousy, if you, his child, would give part of your heart to another. That's how deep, that's how sincere God's love is for you. His jealousy does not allow you to give not even a part of your heart to someone else. Are we stronger than he? Do we think that we can handle it? Just a bit of idolatry? That we are able to deal with God's jealousy and survive? Brothers and sisters, be assured at the Lord's Supper of God's deep love and his true love for you. May the celebration at the same time be a recommitment for you to love and serve the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, fleeing from all and any idolatry 
and clinging to the Lord your Savior. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.